Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak joining you all on a beautiful Thursday edition of the podcast where Ben and I taking a look at the upcoming games in the NFL this weekend. We're previewing them, then we're picking them. We haven't been so great at that so far this year, but it all I had a winning around. week last week. It all turns around right here. This yeah, is the I, moment. I, I, once again, I had a winning week last week. I don't know what this whole it starts to turn around this week thing is. What is uh oh, what What's Danny's brother's name in Game of Thrones? The other Targaryen kid. Aegon? Aegon, yes. So like in episode one, when Aegon turns to Danny, he goes, when people write the tales about my reign, they will say that it began today. That is me with picking oh, NFL Oh no, games. that's Varys. I, listen, man, you, you said out, you threw out the name. I don't know. I've only seen the show once. Who, what's his name? It's not Aegon. Aegon is, I think, the other one. The one Viserys. that was... Viserys Targaryen. No, it's, I don't think it's Viserys. It's Viserys, Whatever, yes. man. This isn't a Game of Thrones podcast. Well, I mean, it kind of was a we couple weeks ago. But... <laughs> <laughs> Off topic? Us? Never. Okay. There's football games happening this weekend, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, we're going to get to all of them, I promise you. Pepsi, our friends at Pepsi. Hello. They tell us what we need to hear. Not always what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. And this time, they're telling us, look, thanks to the na- the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or potentially overbearing parents, which some of you out there, it's all three. Fewer than the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of people will ever play professional football. That's probably, that's probably us. I don't want to shut the door completely, you know, but... Probably. It's probably us. Side point that direction. Instead of entering the NFL, though, they have joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. That's a league that everybody can be in. This football season, it's going to be different. Pepsi's here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we are watching. Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through any kind of game day experience because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. Pepsi, made for football watching. We do have a Thursday night football game this week. As of right now, and we're recording this podcast, although everything is subject to change, the New England Patriots taking on the Los Angeles Rams. That's the first game that we have on the schedule right now. Or I guess this game opened at a six and a half point favorite for the Rams. Now it's just five. So trending a little bit in the Patriots direction. Patriots coming off a, let me check here, 45 point win over the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, I think they would have cleared the five last week. Ben, what do you think about this game? Yeah, it's interesting. You got the Super Bowl rematch. Uh, the teams are so wildly, I mean, there's some similarities, but generally the teams are much different than they were uh, at that time. And you're excited to see kind of what the schematic matchup looks like again. Uh, Rams are coming into this game fairly healthy. The Patriots, who are largely banged up to start the season, are not. Uh, Newton is once again a questionable, though that's probably just a you know a, a, a preventative sort of a thing. It's a you know it's a, right. a just keeping him out to keep him fresh. But Jonathan Jones, Kyle Duggar, uh, J.C. Jackson, all in that secondary. Juwan Bentley as well listed as limited participants in practice on the short week. Pretty banged up team against a Rams team that, A, is playing outside of their mind recently. Really, really good. Rams are, are about as exciting of a team in the NFC as there is, in my opinion. Uh, that squad up against a, a banged up Patriots team that I don't think necessarily has the juice. I like the Rams to cover five. Worried about the Patriots' physical running game against that Rams light front, but the Rams have been really good in the run uh, in run defense, even with their light personnel included. So I like it. I, I, I think that the matchup is a little bit trappy, but on the short week, uh, I'm confident in the Rams cover. I was going to say, like, like, which team needs this game more relative to what they're trying to accomplish? Obviously, the Patriots are just trying to sneak into the wild card, but I really was thinking about the LA Rams from a mm-hmm. division winning perspective. And I'm looking at it right now, according to 538, the Rams now have a 99% chance to make the playoffs. So they're, they're sitting here at 8 and 4, 99% chance. And they lead the division with a 60% chance to win. I, I, I guess I did not realize that because I knew it was a close race. 
at Arizona Cardinals are falling a little bit at six and six, but they got the same record as the Seattle Seahawks right now. So I, I didn't think that it was going to be this much of a runaway here for the Rams at uh, at 60%. They beat New England, and I don't know how much higher it's going to get. Okay, I have them beating New England, and it pops up to, seven, to 67%, so not too much. But all that to say, I think I'm going to go with the Rams as well. They're a hot team. Like Ben said, they're playing really well both sides of the ball. I think this is a fantastic coaching matchup between Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. And look, yes, Bill, Bill clearly got uh, got the better of the Rams in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but the scenery is a little bit different. The players and the, the people in participating are a little bit different. I think it's going to be different this time around, and I think the Rams are going to win more than five points. That's Man, I'm, I'm with you. That feels a little bit trappy, but I just have a lot of faith in the Rams right now. Mm. Pacers yeah, losing by five, right. though. That's always tough. Right. What you're really worried about here is uh, a really short game, a lot of runs uh, against a, a a you know Patriots strength is probably still their secondary unless they really are that banged up. Uh, their defensive, their interior defensive line is solid, of course. Um, but you you would expect the Rams to want to run horizontally on these guys, and then obviously the Patriots are going to run it a lot. So a short game that never really gets outside of one possession, and the Patriots get a nice score at the end, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there with the back door. So it's it's worrisome. But the Rams are just measurably the better team, mm-hmm. and, and even at five points, I think that that's. I think that's too much of a uh, of a discount. So I like the Rams. I'm maybe I'm an idiot, but I think they're great. I, I think that you know people talk Packers, Saints as best teams in the NFC. I think the Rams should be in there. So there you go. I'm changing my answer. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. That's fine by me. I've no. always liked to get a game up on you. I, no, I, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. Well, I should be different on you with this one. This one is. I feel like the matchup is worthy right, with us being chaos, different. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, yeah. I I kind of really didn't even like the the Rams pick when it. When the words left my mouth, and now nah, I'm going Patriots. I'm going Patriots here, so we could be a little bit different to start this one. All right, Sunday slate. Houston Texans. Oh, coming off a crushing loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Very in there. Chicago Bears could not be reeling anymore. Initially, the Texans on the road were favored by one and a half. Now I have it at one. What do you have it at? Did it move for you? It's at, oh, uh, no, I was on a different page. I have it at one. I, I Which game is this? this Titans? Is, Texans? No, Texans, Texans, pick Chicago em. Bears. Okay, so it's basically a pickup game. All right, so, no, we'll go with the one point. We'll go with the one point spread because that's what I got in front of me. So Chicago's getting one point and they're at home. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, like, do you want to be laying points with Mitchell Trubisky? Or do you want to be pacing a bet at all, Mitchell Trubisky, let alone laying points? It's Listen, a. We've got one rule on this podcast. Which is. You always take Mitchell Trubisky when he's getting points. This secondary is banged <laughs> up. They put Gary on Conley on IR. John Reed, Philip Gaines, and Keon Crossan are all questionable to go. Uh, Chicago, the, the the thing about Trubisky that's nice is that he's willing to just feed Allen Robinson targets. Like, there's no tomorrow. And there's worse he ways should. to... Yeah, exactly. There's worse ways to to, to go about playing offense. Uh, and and I, I like that. I think the Houston passing defense is just so susceptible. Uh, they The Houston also is kind of, you can see in some of their snap counts, they're moving towards playing some of their young guys a little bit more. I think that they're acknowledging that this is a, a stage of development for them uh, to kind of see what they've got in the roster before they start making picks. I think the Bears are, are able to win this one at home. That defense is really, really good. Get some pressure on Deshaun. He's just got no help right now. That offensive line's playing pretty poorly. I think Chicago's able to, to get it done. All right, we're going to be a little bit different again because I'm going with the Houston Texans. I'm just. Gonna- I mean, like Deshaun revenge game v Bears is a narrative I am very right. willing to buy in right. on. You know, he was a. It was clearly a crushing loss for Deshaun Watson last week against Indianapolis. I mean, when. He was sitting there on the bench and after the game, just kind of watching the Colts celebration as they ran off the field. And then uh, in the postgame interview afterwards, I mean, this is a focused, determined, and pissed off player. And in this game, oh, wait, can I, am I allowed to say that? I was about to say the best player in this game is playing the most important position for the Houston Texans, but Khalil Mack is also on the field and he plays pass rusher for the Chicago Bears. So I don't know if I can fully confidently say that because these are two of the best in the league at what they do, but... I'm a ride Deshaun. I'm gonna go with Deshaun Watson. He needs this one. He needs a win just for just for him, man. It's been quite the roller coaster of a season, uh, man. I mean, even longer than that with the DeAndre Hopkins trade and and how that went down and missing Bill O'Brien and having to hear what everybody's saying about the franchise and all that kinds of stuff. I mean, this kid needs a win, and he's playing out of his mind this year. He is having a career year, and 
it's going to be all for naught because of the franchises that surround him. But I think they pull it together a little bit, and they they continue to beat a bad Chicago Bears team. I don't know if Chicago is bad, but all right. We get it, dude. You hate Nick Foles. We get it. <laughs> Defense is good. All right. Minnesota, you always try to get so off topic when I bring up the Foles. Because it's not true. It's so funny. Uh, anyways, all right. Minnesota Vikings, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game all of a sudden became a really big game. Minnesota is sitting here at 6-6. Six and six. Tampa Bay is at 7-5. and five. Ain't no guarantees right now, okay? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an 84% chance to make the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings have a 40% chance. But if Minnesota wins this game, Bucks will go all the way down to 62, and the Vikings jump to 71. Like, of course, mm. all, all the other games have to have to play out. I'm just playing with this one little result here. But this is huge for the Vikings, a Vikings team that was 1-5 and five in their first six games of the season. And it is also huge for the Buccaneers because they've had a couple of games where Look, against the Rams and the Chiefs, I get it. These are really good teams, but two disappointments, especially when you look at the process of how those losses came to be. And so this is huge. Tampa's coming off the bye week. It's a must win for the Buccaneers. It is a must win for the Minnesota Vikings. And anytime that's the case, it's an exciting matchup. Bucks at home, all that said, favored by six and a half. Whew, I got to think a big reason why they are favored by so much is because Minnesota wins because they love to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. They love to put it in his hands, and Tampa remains one of the best DVOA rush defenses in the NFL, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, without Vita Vea, it's still a, a, a dangerous proposition. I will say, I don't know, this, it feels like I'm being enticed. Like, this, I don't know. This is a very suspicious line to me. Minnesota's on the up. Tampa's on the down. Six and a half, right? Like, that's just... Hmm, it's it's tricky. Here's... Hmm. Minnesota's young corners are playing better. Mm-hmm. Tampa's wide receivers remain the strength of their team. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is desperate to run the football. Mm-hmm. Run defense remains the strength of the Tampa team. Mm-hmm. This feels like a situation where the Bucks are going to be in a get-right spot. And obviously, coming off the long week as well... You you expect there to like you know, Tampa's had you know I, I'm being kind to my uh, co-host here a rough stretch for the last few games. You shut your uh, mouth, Benton. No, I'm just kidding. You feel as if this is going to be a, a they, they have the opportunity of veteran locker room, veteran quarterback, veteran head coach, mm-hmm. circle the wagons, take the late bye week come out and, and and start winning the football games they're supposed to win. Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta should be four wins. They should be 11 and five going to playoffs. Yes. I think they cover. I, I this is not I, it's a little bit of a narrative play. Uh, like I said, like I feel like this this line is too big and I feel like it's it's trying to get me on Minnesota money. Uh, I don't want to fall into that trap. I like Tampa still is the objectively more talented team with the better quarterback. Extra week of rest. Yes, Minnesota has been playing better. As of late, they've been winning more games, Uh but let's not pretend like this team wasn't just taken to overtime by Jacksonville. They beat the Panthers by one point on a drive that they maybe should not have even had. Uh Right. Like there's not really been statement wins, in my opinion. Right. I like Tampa to cover. Uh, I think Tampa clearly is going to win the game. I really do. I don't think they're winning by six and a half. Six and a half is a lot for me. I I would have thought this line would have been closer to four, four and a half, something like that. Six and a half is just very, very rich for me. I, I, I don't see Tampa, unless they just have a, like you said, like a true kind of resurgence game like we saw against the Raiders and the Packers. I, I, I don't see it happening. I think they're going to win the game, but I, I don't see them being like that dominant again. You'll see that down the stretch against those other two teams that they're playing at the end of the season. Um, guys, everybody's got those walls throughout the day. Those energy walls that you hit morning, noon, night, something like there's always that time in the day where you got to push through something, whether it's a workout or something with work or uh, something with friends, whatever it is. And and you just wish you had a little bit more energy. Sometimes you'll reach for that extra cup of coffee. Ben, I saw you tweet about coffee. What's the latest? What are we doing with coffee now? What's our latest coffee trend? Black coffee with honey, man. It's good. I like it. It's tasty. See, you know, okay, that actually actually sounds pretty good. But as opposed to reaching for an extra cup of black coffee with honey or, you know, like going to an energy drink or something like that, we got a new solution. Built Go. 
It's it's the, the same from the same parent company as a uh, Built Bar, those protein bars that you guys love so much. They've got these little ounce and a half energy packs that are just these gels that you just pop in real quick and boom, natural clean energy right to you. They've got three delicious delicious flavors: peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate mint, and they're fantastic for getting you through whatever you need to get through during the day. Go over to builtgo.com, use promo code LOCKED, all caps, LOCKED, and you will get 20% off your next order. Head over to Built Go, check it out, see what it's all about, use the promo code LOCKED, and get yourself 20% off. Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Whew, Titans did not think that they would come out and get absolutely smacked the way they did against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, look, mm-hmm. again, the pass is like, hey, they don't have a pass rush. Baker's pretty good when you don't rush the passer, so I get it. But, man, that halftime de- deficit was uh, not something I saw coming. Titans, though, seven-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars with the game being in Jacksonville. So Titans are a, a road favorite by a whole touchdown. What do we think here, Ben? Yeah, I'm in big sell Tennessee mode. Uh, you've got Jadavian Clowney, who very quietly just went on IR, uh, has offseason surgery, and now that's the number one pass rusher gone. Throw that in with the corner health issues they've had. Uh, they're hoping to get Adoree Jackson back for this game, but yet again, it is not a guaranteed thing. And if I do bet this game, I'll wait to see what we get on the Adoree Jackson front. Uh, The practice today on Wednesday was a pretty big deal, but I'm going to I'm going to sit on that. If he doesn't play, I'm definitely on Jacksonville. If he does play, maybe I'm on Jacksonville. Mike Glennon has not been great, but he's been perfectly acceptable. The, the, The Jaguars are a 20 point team with him at the helm. And he's going to once again start over Gardner Minshew, who very clearly like People missed this, like with the whole Jets thing, right? Like, oh, the Jets are tanking. Glennon begged Marone to put him in. Like, that was his word. Glenn, uh, uh, Minshew said he begged Marone to do it, and Marone wouldn't do it. And people were like, the Jets are actively ch- tanking. Buddy, if the Jaguars have a healthy Minshew and they're not putting him in? <laughs> I, I wonder if it's more of, I mean, obviously there's there's the tanking factor. Like, you lose more games because Mike Glennon's probably not as good of a quarterback as Gardner Minshew. But I wonder if it's like, we know we're drafting a quarterback at two. We don't want any reservation from anybody at all whatsoever that we shouldn't because of Gardner. Because, right, I mean, which, like, wait, let's face it, yeah. you know, like last season, people were all in on Gardner. Like, they thought this guy could be the dude for the Jaguars. And to I, me, that's still tanking. Right, like making sure our young quarterback doesn't get a chance to prove that maybe he's good is tanking. That's okay. That's yeah. yeah, That is an adjacent form of the main component of tanking. Yeah. Okay, I can give you that. So you're going for me going to Titans or or Jags? Yeah. So for me, uh, twenty point team in Jacksonville with Mike Lennon at the helm. Uh, I like the over in this game a lot at fifty two. Uh, if you're getting 24 out of Jacksonville, you only need 30 from the Titans against this atrocious run defense. I'm all the way in on that. But I do think Jacksonville is able to cover the nine. That's way too much for me against the Titans team right now. That is really nobody on defense. This could become a shootout yet again. Uh, so I'm, I'm over on 52 and a half, 52. That's the bet I'm going to make on this game. But on the line, I like Jacksonville to cover. You know the line is seven, not nine, right? On a seven-point line, that's too much for the Titans. I just think that Jacksonville is able—the line I have is nine. Uh, and, and, Jeez. and yeah, if so get, I like if you get like, nine with the Jaguars, put the money right. on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I like nine for the Jaguars, but I do like over fifty-two for the total. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with I'm with you as well. I'll I'll take the Jaguars and the points. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're the better team, but it's it would be it would be ambitious. It would be overly confident to think that uh, the Titans team is really just going to blow anybody out at this point. Even the Jaguars still have been playing fine with Glennon. I think they'll score a decent amount of points. And because of that, I think that if you're giving them the start of 7 nothing, I'll take Jacksonville in this one. Dallas Cowboys traveling to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The, of course, the Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals. It opened at a 3.5-point favor for the Cowboys. It is still a three-and-a-half point favor for the Cowboys. This game is big because Cincinnati right now is 2-9-1. and one. Dallas right now is 3-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. Those are picks three and four currently in the NFL draft. And so if you get a tie, well, I guess you can't. 
I, I was going to say if you get a tie in the record, but Cincinnati actually has a tie. Already has a tie. So, okay. And so if Dallas gets a tie so, and Cincinnati gets a win. <laughs> don't worry uh, about it. I, all of that was, I, I was about to say that Dallas will win any kind of strength of schedule tiebreaker between Cincinnati. But this day, this this game is still obviously big. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Dallas drops to 3-10, and 10, if Cincinnati is then, of course, 3-9-1, and one, Dallas would overtake them. Might be a chance they take Penny Sewell in the top five. Cincinnati would then be big sad. Is that going to happen, Ben? Andy Dalton revenge game. Oh, yeah. Time? Yeah, Just I'm in on the narrative. Trade, I'm in on... Trade A.J. Green to the Cowboys before the game. Well, no, they, they, they're they already not throwing it to Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb enough. They don't need A.J. Yeah, Green. But yeah, but, yeah, but you don't think A.J. is not getting 16 targets for 12 but catches AJ's for 98 yards maybe, and two touchdowns? Maybe tight end will flex Y for A.J. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm in on the Dalton revenge game narrative. I do think that the bet, he's the better quarterback in this game, and the passing game for Dallas is the best unit. It's the best attack in this game. It's worth noting Dallas is still with the 32nd best, uh, or the thir- that is to say the worst, uh, run defense by DVOA. <laughs> you almost, in the you almost were kind of giving him a compliment. There. Really? Yeah, I really tried to put a positive spin on that one, and it was a no-go. I couldn't get it out. Uh, Joe Mixon's still out for this game. Uh, Jonah Williams still on IR. Uh, and so I don't think that you have what you want in Cincinnati's running game, not only to buttress a backup quarterback, but also to take advantage of a really bad run defense in Dallas. And so I, I like Dallas to cover the three and a half. How did Dallas beat Minnesota? Wing in a prayer, baby. I'm looking at that because like that win against Minnesota in week 11 would have, oh, that was after the bye week. God, bye week magic, baby. You love to see it. That would have been that would have made it uh, seven losses in a row if they would have lost that extra one to to Minnesota there. But they're not uh, they're not coming off the bye week this week, so I don't know if they'll have that magic. They will have the better players though. I hate betting this Dallas team, Ben. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Sure. It's reasonable. What are the Bengals? What, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at the Bengals schedule. I'm looking at the Bengals schedule. All right. This is the, the Penny Sewell Bowl right here, I, man. That's what I prefaced it by saying. Yep. Prefaced it. Uh, they lost by 12 to Miami, scored seven points, two to the Giants, <laughs> 17. Oh, this team can't score. Holy. Yeah, but the Dallas defense is uniquely bad. Cheese and crackers. 10 points, 9 points, 7 points in the three of their last four games. Oh, and two of those were with Burrow. Lord. Dallas, why am I helping you? Oh, <laughs> uh, fine. Dallas. All right, Dallas. They're overcoming to three and a half. Cardinals, Giants. Cardinals on the road favored by two and a half. I have this open on some books, but not all of them. What do you have in front of you? Like, I'm basically asking, are we betting this game? The moment this thing opened, I took Giants two and a half. And I still have two and a half. Okay. I mean, I would would also take the Giants in this spot, which is very weird. And not something I would have said three weeks ago. But the Cardinals are really struggling on offense. And, I mean, the Giants are really stepping up, especially on the defense side of the ball. I mean, like, they're just on their P's and Q's right now, and they're figuring out. And Look, uh, is Cole McCoy starting in this game? I, I assume that that's why they're off the books, because we don't know what's happening with Daniel Jones. That is correct. Okay. We do not yet know if it's Cole McCoy or Daniel Jones. I assume if it's going to be Jones, I would imagine it moves up, and that's why I took it at two and a half when I did. Um, but even with that said, you know, and to me, this is about the Giants having an effective running a game against a bad run defense in Arizona mm-hmm. and having the player in Bradbury who can match up with DeAndre Hopkins, who has not been very well utilized over the last few weeks we've talked about. Bradbury feels like he's got a case for like most underrated corner in the NFL like over the last four years. Bradbury's got a case uh, for nobody mentioned me because Byron Jones was a free agent and turns out I'm really freaking good award. Yeah. As a... As a man who spent 10,000 hours debating Byron Jones and Darius Slay in the offseason, to watch Byron Jones be this good for the Giants is is irritating. You mean James Bradbury. You said Byron Jones. Ah, James Bradbury, excuse me. Uh, anyway, yeah, so to me, I, I, Jones doesn't move the needle too much for me because the passing game in New York doesn't really move the needle for me in general. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. 
control the ball, limit the passing game. There's a formula out there for beating this Arizona offense. I think it's going to look good. Uh, so I like the Giants to cover. I'm going with the Giants as well. Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers. Panthers opened up as a four-point favorite at home. Now they are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which is uh, really shocking to me since 10 players went on the COVID list after their bye week. Like, I know that they're coming off the bye week, but 10 of their players went on COVID over the, la- over the last week, and a couple of them are uh, DJ Moore, Shaq Thompson, Yeter Gross Matos, Curtis Samuel, although I think Curtis Samuel was a like a close contact, so he could still play, whereas a couple of them were like actual positive tests. But they got I mean, Derek Brown was another one on the list. They got a lot of starters who are super up in question, and they're still favored in this game. That's kind of that's kind of wild to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't I have like guys like Curtis Samuel, Shaq Thompson. Like I have the all of these guys on the ESPN injury report. They're called like out. They're called like confirmed out for this. Well, then, yeah, those those were, like, the positives other than saying that, like, a couple of them— I know a couple of them that were on the initial list that were released were right. just close Rap, contact. Yeah, so Rap has Panthers placed eight players in COVID-19 reserve list, including DJ Moore, who is positive. Several are close contacts, including Curtis Samuel. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I don't—yeah, I'm with you. It's very—usually in these situations, the books don't—like, they don't post it, but the line is pretty much everywhere. For Carolina, like, yeah, most I, I only see it off of one book right now. Right. So I mean, okay, absolute cowards. <laughs> <laughs> For me, in yes. the event that they have m- most of the close contacts back, Curtis Samuel, Der- uh, Derek Brown, uh, Shaq Thompson, so on and so forth. To me, this is a clear Carolina spot. Uh, uh, Denver is is fun, but they're much worse on the road. They are wanting for any sort of explosive passing game. Uh, Drew Locke is really struggling with his accuracy over the last few weeks, and they haven't been able to run the ball as effectively even in Melvin Gordon's return. So, uh, to me, I, I like Carolina at three and a half, even with some limitations expected. This team has got enough wide receiver talent to survive the absence of DJ Moore, uh, and then obviously the running game doesn't lack for Christian McCaffrey. So I, I still think it's a Carolina spot, but it's a very weird situation. I wouldn't touch this line if I were betting. I don't really like what the Broncos are doing on offense. Nobody does. The Broncos don't like what the Broncos are doing on offense. I don't know. Drew, Mo- Drew Locke's mom's probably a fan of it. Yeah, Drew Locke's mom's a fan of Drew Locke. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> but that's okay. Be- so your mom, your mom's supposed to be. Three and a half is a lot of points. I don't know if the Panthers put up that good of a fight with all those guys missing. I think Panthers healthier, the better team. They're getting McCaffrey back, so certainly they have one of the best players. Is he the best player in this game? Uh, Justin Simmons is very good. Bradley Chubb is good. Simmons. Obviously, Vaughn's not available, but All right, Vaughn probably would have uh, would have trumped it there. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best player in this game. I'm gonna go with it. All right, so Christian McCaffrey is the best player in this game, and he's coming back for Carolina. They're coming off the bye week, so you figure the guys they're playing are pretty well well rested and get that bye week boost. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Broncos. Why not? Give me the Broncos and points. I think it should be a close one and more than a field goal. Why not? Miami Dolphins. Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs on the road. Favored by seven. This is 100% going to be a place where people say Miami's been playing better. Miami's got such a great defense. True. Miami's going to be able to surprise the Chiefs. And then the and, oh, and the Chiefs haven't been playing well recently, and they've let some teams into some games that they shouldn't have let them into. You know, oh, uh, you know, it was close to the Broncos, it was close to the Bucks, it was close to the Raiders, it was close to the Panthers. They're not going to they're not going to cover 7. They are. And it's because you can't play man cover heavy blitz against Mahomes. Ask Baltimore how it went. You can't do it. No, well. Because he does not care about hot reads. He does not care about pressure. He is so stinking accurate and so stinking fearless that he's going to find ways to make you pay, especially with that receiving core, right? Especially with what you've got between Tyreek, Mikko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and of course, Travis Kelsey. I don't think for the, 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 the talent they have at corner, Firstly, Jones and, and Howard are not the body type that match up well with Tyreek Hill. 
Secondly, I, they don't have the guy who I think is, is a good cover man for Travis Kelsey, unless they're willing to move Xavier Howard into the slot and have him cover Kelsey, which would be interesting. I do. I just I, I'm very worried that they're going to come full force at Mahomes and Mahomes is just going to make them play, pay rep after rep after rep after rep. Uh, so I, I, I'm aware that the Chiefs are on a downswing. I am aware that Miami's on an upswing. Worth noting that a Steve Spagnuolo defense for a rookie quarterback is a nightmare situation. Spagnuolo sends pressure from a lot of different places, moves a lot of safeties around. They don't really open up the whole passing game for two, and I wish they did. So I'm, just, I'm worried about Miami on offense. I think this is a spot where it's very tempting to big brain it. Or it's very tempting to, to to look at it and say, like, this is how Miami's been playing recently. They should cover this. But I, I, I just think Kansas City is better than seven points, better than the the Miami roster. And I think that Mahomes is really good in this this sort of a matchup. So I like Kansas City to cover. All right. I'm taking the Chiefs. Um, All that to no, say. No, take the Dolphins. No, I'm not going to take, take the, Dolphins. the Dolphins. I'm not going to take They're gonna the Dolphins. Cover. No, I'm not going to do it. Why would you convince me to do something that's wrong? I thought I really thought you were going to take Miami here. I was excited to get the Chiefs. No, relative. no, I, I'm I'm not I'm not taking Miami here. Well, we're I'm both going to look down when they cover. That's I mean true. Um, I mean we have a lot of Dolphins fans who tweet us all the time who are like, you guys clearly just don't know the Dolphins very well because we just don't pick them well. Like on the times that they cover we don't pick them and on the times that we pick them they don't cover and it's like whether they win or lose we just all right well there you go we put the house on miami this week basically because we're going with uh we're going with the chiefs here uh, colts ravens it's our next game here we're going into the four o'clock games colts on the road favored by three yeah colts ravens colts raiders raiders did i say ravens i think you did and i was about to be like Oh, what? Yeah. Raiders. No V's involved here. Extremely excited to fade the Raiders. Uh, The Jets game will be waved away as an aberration. It isn't. No Josh Jacobs neuters this offense. They're not able to get the early down runs that they need. Third down gets longer. You know who does not like long third downs? Drew Locke. Or not Drew Locke. Dang it. Derek Carr. Um, We're all over the place on defense. Malik Collins uh, now on IR. Damon Arnett concussion. He's potentially not in on this game. Jonathan Abram is banged up once again. Isaiah Johnson, the starter, often opposite uh, uh, Damon Arnett, also out for this game. The the defense is so banged up, and it wasn't a good defense to begin with. I think Indianapolis is going to be able to run the ball at will, which is what they want to be on offense. Yeah. And when they need to throw it, they're going to be successful. I think this could be a lot of points for Indy. I uh, would not be surprised if the Raiders are also able to move the ball. They're such a good, quick, intermediate passing game, which is a good way to beat this Colts team. So when you look at a total listed at 51, I'm interested in that for uh, this matchup. You do got to worry about that Colts defense and that pass rush being pretty stingy. DeForest mm-hmm. Buckner, back from injury, played outside of his melon against the the Texans. Yeah, kind of awesome good. Kind of good. Uh, so I do like the over, and I like Indianapolis to cover. I'm with Indianapolis, too. Um, I was rewatching a little bit of the All-22 of that Texans-Colts game, and and there's a lot of things to like from Indianapolis. And it was it was a very emotional win for them, too. I think I was watching some clips of the players after the game and in the locker room and all that, and they're fired up. And, and I think that they're trending upwards. And like you said, with with the Raiders, they've been struggling a little bit, and they're, they're missing a lot of key guys. And so I'm going with Indianapolis as well guys we already said it once this this uh this podcast but this football season it's going to be different and pepsi is here to get us ready for game day no matter how we are watching this season pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these groups of passionate fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch pepsi made for football watching all right, Ben, we got another Jets game. Jets have kept it close recently. We continue to not believe in them to cover. Uh, they are traveling to... Did I not take them to cover last week? Did you? I picked them to win outright. So if I picked the, uh, the Raiders to cover, then I was making a mistake. Man, I didn't know that. I picked I picked the Jet in the Bleeding Green Nation team picks. I picked the Jets to win outright. And so if I took the Raiders, that was wow, an that error. Would, that would, that would have been an emphatic 
one in the record books that you would have got there if that would have I had I was I was going lone wolf on Jets over Raiders and Washington over Pittsburgh and I got Washington over Pittsburgh and I did not get Jets over Raiders and I was very disappointed well the Jets are traveling to Seattle this week and Seattle is a 13 and a half point favorite they were 15 point favorites Mm -hmm. now it's 13 and a half that is a lot of points yeah you're not gonna catch me on Seattle not with uh uh the, the Jets passing game has been a little bit better over recent weeks. Uh, the absence of Denzel Mims, who had to leave for a family emergency, is something worth monitoring in the event that he's doesn't come back within a certain time frame, so on and so forth, and he won't pass COVID protocols and thereby won't be able to join the team. Uh, and Mims has been a really an, an emerging important piece for them. Uh, taking over a lot of Brashad Perriman's targets. But Jameson Crowder, Brashad Perriman, they, they've got the passing game that they want. Ty Johnson had a really nice time running the football mm-hmm. against the Raiders, and you're not really going to get a much better running defense in Seattle than you had in Las Vegas. And accordingly, it's it's enticing. I think that this is a game that the Jets reasonably could keep close. What's important to note, in, in my opinion, for this Jets team is that they continue to want to try. Uh, they continue to want to give effort. Even in this season, even in this no-win season, even with Adam Gase, uh, there's clearly a, a a continued interest in playing. Uh, and so 13.5, just way too much uh, for me against such a, a mercurial Seattle team. I like the Jets. There is no reason that I should take Seattle to cover 13.5. Thereby. But I'm doing it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good but call, I'm, good but, call. But I'm, but I'm doing it here. I don't know, man. I just feel like the <laughs> you saying that the Jets are clearly a, a team and a roster and a locker room that's not giving up, brother. I don't. I don't, I have no idea how this team is going to come out next week after what happened last week. I mean, you cannot right. get closer. You cannot put yourself in a better situation to come away with what is your first win in over three months and blow it that way. I get that Greg Williams is not there, but. That is a tough pill to swallow. The Seattle Seahawks, on the other hand, have been extremely up and down. They have lost three of their last five. They're uh, they're three and three in their last six. I mean, they're just so up and down since their bye week and, and since the month of October. But I think it's got to be a get-right thing with them. I mentioned the playoff probability for the Los Angeles Rams and the ability to win the division for the Los Angeles Rams, them being favorites now over the Seahawks thanks to the Seahawks dropping last week to the Giants. And look, I get that the Giants are are playing a little bit better right now, but this has to be a get-right game for Seattle. If they're going to have one this year, if they're going to reignite what was a 5-0 and start for them before the bye week, like, this is the time. This is the time to do it. You're at home. You're taking on a New York team. You're taking on a team that has not won a game this season. Step on the throat. So I'll go with the Seahawks. I I mean I really shouldn't, but I want to see it. I but this is a podcast it. for bad decisions. This is a listen. You got the Trace McSorley jersey to prove it. Green Bay Packers <laughs> traveling to the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Packers are favored by seven and a half as the road team. Packers by seven and a half. They're favored by seven and a half. Yes, I have them at nine. Hmm. All right. Do I still like the Lions at seven and a half? Probably. You were going to pick the Lions at... Okay, all right. I was going to pick the Lions at nine. Nine's what? a lot. Nine's a lot of points. Yeah. Seven and a half. Uh, once again, Kenny Galladay. No idea if he's coming back. Karrion Johnson Hold on. Did and DeAndre... This one, did this one get up to nine? I have that this game open with the Lions as a seven... Or the Packers as a seven-point favorite. Right, so my, probably my book has taken a lot more Packers money than whatever amalgam of books you're using. You okay. know what I mean? All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so so I've got the Packers at nine, and I like the lines to be able to cover. Obviously excited for Daryl Bevel, stoked to play for him. One of the things that you noted immediately on, on, on Matt Stafford's passing attempts after the uh, uh, the switch to Daryl Bevel and the move away from Patricia, they were willing to throw the football down the field. They tossed the thing around the yard a little bit. Quintez Cephas playing well downfield. Marvin Jones playing well downfield. So I like their ability to score some uh, explosive passes. Uh, the Detroit defense remains problematic, <laughs> to say the very least. Uh, uh-huh. Lacking for talent. A lot of guys obviously unavailable for a team that's been really banged up on that side of the football. So I'm, I'm worried about the Packers really running away with this thing, but I'm confident enough in the Detroit offense and in the bevel juice to get them within seven and a half. So the, I'll take it. He's betting the bevel juice, the bevel juice. All right. So 
I'm a beveler, believer, bevel. The You want the good or the bad first here, Ben? The good. Okay, the good is they put up 34 points against a Chicago team in Chicago last week. Okay. Do you want the bad? No, just stick with the good. Okay, well, they scored zero points two weeks <laughs> prior against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that was a suboptimal what are day. We, what are we kidding here? This is such an unbelievably hot and cold Lions team. Mm. But new head coach, play for him. You got some new enthusiasm, new outlook on life. Playing for that next contract might not be here next year. Could be inspired football in Detroit. Mm. What was their score against the Packers in their previous game? Week two. They I want to say it was a fair bit. They lost 42 to 21. All right, so they got doubled up by the Packers last that time. Was, that was, they, if, if memory serves, they had a lead in that game, and then Rodgers, like, uncorked it. Like, Rodgers went ballistic. Okay, well, hold on. Now I got to now I gotta actually look this up. Okay, the play-by-play. Detroit scored on their first possession. Yeah. Feeling good. Detroit scored on their second possession. <laughs> it was 14 to 3. Yeah. What time is yeah. this? Okay. It was fourteen to three, with <laughs> at the end of the first quarter. End of the first quarter, it was fourteen to three. They've got three more quarters to go, and they got an eleven point lead. They are feeling great. Rodgers' reign is over. Green Bay is reeling. They are not going to have the same season they did last week. It is <laughs> Detroit's time. They then get shut out all the way until Green Bay goes thirty-one unanswered. Yeah. It's Holy not great. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's suboptimal. I mean, you know, if we're being honest. They went up 31 to 14 before the third quarter was <laughs> over. Yeah, Stafford did like a really bad pick six, I want to say. Like it was sweet. Yeah, Christmas. So anyway, just do what you did for the first few drives and don't do anything different the rest of the game. Um, I'm going to take the Lions. Seven and a half is a lot of points. And I again, I think that they're going to play well. Stop following for... me, you coward. I'm not just making i'm just making good picks dude Dude, i'm just out here making picks i don't need you all right all right you go first falcons chargers for this next one and let me oh, tell this is a you good folks, one too because i'm not sure where i'm going on this who is going to blow this game first <laughs> will the falcons falcon it or will the chargers charger it this is the narrative blaster this is the Movable object, what is it? The the unstoppable force. So this is the stoppable force versus the movable object. These are two things that could not fail harder when in pressure situations. Chargers, it's, I mean, it started as a pick'em game, and now the Falcons are favored by two and a half. Falcons are coming off getting Taysom Hilled for the second time in three weeks. It's just devastating. <laughs> Meanwhile, the char- the Chargers haven't scored a point in 14 days by the time this one kicks off. Because <laughs> they got shut out. <laughs> <laughs> this is mean. You're bullying. What? They stink. Both of these teams stink. Who stinks less? Well, Raheem Morris was at one point the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and Dirk Cutter was also at one point head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That, They're to bu- me, feels like too much Tampa to bet on. Oh, wow. However, I do think the Falcons are going to win this game. And so I'll go Falcons covering two and a half points. All right. Yeah, that's what I was going to bet as well. I have changed my look on this game 10,000 times. Like I literally, this, this game has been the one I've debated most throughout the week. I feel like the chargers are a better team in a couple of critical areas. I think that secondaries is playing well for the, for the chargers, despite some of the injuries they've dealt with. I think that the chargers passing game uh, is something to, to be fearful about, especially with every passing week as Justin Herbert gets more comfortable. But with all of that said, the simple reality of the chargers is that they have yet to beat a team this year that has more than two wins, right? They've beaten the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's just, I, I you can't take them to beat an even semi-functional team. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta, who obviously is still 
four and eight and worrisome and not in any way, shape or form impressive has won for the last six with Raheem Morris. And so to me, they're, they're functional enough to trust here. So I like Atlanta two and a half. All right, we got four games left to go, and we got about five minutes to do it, which is a very difficult task for two people who like to talk a lot. The first one is the Washington football team traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers Mm -hmm. here favored by three. Now, this is nice. This is a simple one for me. The better football team is is the underdog at three and a half. I think it's very foolish. Uh, Washington's defensive line is truly a dominant force at this point. The Niners are able to negate defensive lines at times with some of their action, but they're just lacking so much talent in the offensive line that I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. Nick Mullins does not handle pressure well. I know that the 49ers are getting healthier at wide receiver and healthier in the secondary. Am worried about no Antonio Gibson. I expect an extremely low-scoring game in this one. So my bet, if I'm taking it, is on the total. It's on the under. But I do like Washington uh, to be able to win the game and certainly to cover the three and a half. Yeah, this one's kind of tricky because you could tell yourself, hey, the 49ers have played pretty well this year. And for the most part, though, it's been against divisional opponents. I mean, they had the shocking win against New England where they won 33-6. to But, you know, the big win was against the Rams twice. They scored a lot of points against the Seahawks in their one loss that they've had with them. They scored a lot of points against Arizona in the loss that they had with them. And so it just feels like the teams that they've played well against were either the two New York teams and they were reeling an outlier in New England and then the divisional teams. And so with this one not being a divisional matchup, you throw that kind of like competitive advantage out the window. Hmm. Man, this one's tough. This is the toughest one of the week for me, I think. I really, easy one for me. I really don't know which way to go. All right, it's an easy one with you, and you've been a jinx for all of 2020, so I'll go to 49ers, and, and that's just that's just how we're going to bet. There you go. Eagles at home. They are hosting the New Orleans Saints. Saints on the road. Leave Taysom Hill is going to start, um, and they are favored by seven points. Yes ludicrous that this is a seven point line saints are going to cover it extremely comfortably you should stay uh and not bet it in my opinion i think it's going to get to six and a half I think they're that sharps have been trying to get that eagles cover for the last five weeks and they still won't get it they won't get it here team's terrible uh the implied team total for philadelphia is like 18 19 points that is an absurd expectation for a rookie in his first start against one of the best if not the best defense right now in the league saints are going to win this thing by double digits uh, I'm looking at my Twitter timeline right now, and this happened to pop up, which I think is divine. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins on his return to Philadelphia. Quote, oh, Malcolm. I gave everything I had to that city and team. It just wasn't valued that much by the people making decisions. Lord have mercy. I'd, I'd, I miss him every day. I'd pick the Saints if they were a 17-point favorite. I want I want Jenkins to have a pick six. I like, that's the number one thing I'm rooting for in this game. Jesus, dude. I knew you hated Foles, but now you hate Hurts, too. Put the next freaking game right now. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills. Steelers started off as a two and a half point favorite. And now it is quickly gone to the Bills at home being a two and a half point favorite. If you got the Bills and points in this one, holy cow, mm-hmm. good for you. That is free Imagine money. getting the Bills and points when I mean, the lines open up on Monday. Lord, mm. I'm, I'm taking the Bills here to overcome the two and a half. I don't even need to wait yeah. for you to go on your spiel here. This is an easy one for me. Pittsburgh has not been able to run the football, and that's really been devastating for them over the last few weeks. Their their EPA per play when they run the ball has severely dropped. It's one of the worst in the league, and accordingly, they have one of the pass-heaviest scripts in the NFL. In doing so, they've largely skewed to the short passing game. Uh, they're trying to manufacture a, a running game, manufacture a steady drive ability with that short passing game. And as we saw against Washington, you get one drop and that kind of kills you because uh, this this team's not built to throw the ball down the field with where Ben Roethlisberger is and the way that that offensive line dealing with some injury has struggled, certainly run blocking and also pass protecting uh, with, with a split field heavy approach in, in, in Buffalo with a zone heavy approach. If you try to go uh, a lot of shallow targets, they're going to rally up and tackle you with the safeties and linebackers that they have. I think they're going to uh, you're going to yet, yet again have a difficult day for Pittsburgh to move the ball on the ground or in the air. So I, I do like Buffalo to be able to cover. I got it at plus one. I would not take it at more than minus three because this Steelers defense is still at any given time can generate 13 points off turnovers. You know what I mean? Like then yeah. Josh Allen's not king of ball security. So I I don't want to get too. Oh, we knew the Steelers were overrated and they lost to Washington, but the last right, few weeks have been weird right. for them. They can't run the ball. I think Buffalo's able to cover. Yeah, I mean, like even if they would have beat Washington last week, I mean like this, I, Buffalo, I, I still think at home 
mm-hmm. going to win this game. So really, yeah, I, really, I'm, really big game for Buffalo. If you sure. want to be like, right. hey, we are, it's the Steelers and it's the Chiefs and it's us, you know, right. so on and so forth. Remember, Buffalo had that stretch well, I mean, it's, earlier it's in the I mean, year. Like, that's that's a lie, anyways. Right, but Buffalo had that stretch earlier in the year where we were like, this is a heat check games for the Bills, right? They had like the Titans, they had the Chiefs, and they just got waxed. Since then, you know, they got the win against the Patriots, beat the Seahawks, beat the 49ers. They were beat the Cardinals, save for the Hail Mary. Like, they've they've checked their boxes. Mm-hmm. Now is a huge game for them. No, it is. Um, Chiefs are the only ones in the first tier, though. That's what I was meaning by yes, that. It's, it's, it's the Chiefs and then a lot of other teams. Last game we're talking about, Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, man, coming off a big-time win in, in the uh-huh. way that they put it on the Tennessee Titans last week. Ravens, they won, so they're... Still keeping those playoff hopes alive, but this one's huge. Um, I forgot to go to this one, but I want to do. I want to check the schedule on it for five thirty-eight. Okay, Browns have a ninety-one percent chance to make the playoffs right now. Ravens have a fifty-nine percent chance. Browns win this game, goes to ninety-nine. They're basically all but in. They're at that point just waiting for other results to get the check mark that they are in the playoffs at ten and three. The Ravens lose this game, it goes all the way down to 32. But if the Ravens win this game, pops all the way up to 85%. So this is huge for the Ravens if they still want to make the playoffs this year. Ravens favored by one and a half. Yeah, brown spot for me here. I opened at three. Like it there. I like the Browns as a small favorite. Uh, obviously, you know, it's very tricky. Home field doesn't necessarily mean what it used to mean. Uh, you expect the Ravens to be able to run the football. And what's a pretty average Browns running team. But you, if you really want to beat the Browns, you really want to put points up on the Browns, you need to be able to to attack their outside corners with your wide receivers. Uh, and Denzel Ward questionable for this game. It could be potentially huge for Marquise Brown and for this passing game if he's out. But uh, if he makes it, I don't I don't see Baltimore having a ton of success throwing the football, even with Cleveland's issues defending tight ends this year. It's going to be too difficult. Cleveland's also really opened up uh, their pass rush with the return of Miles Garrett. They've gotten some good production up front. Baltimore's struggling on the offensive line. And so I, I like Cleveland to be able to cover this. Certainly when you look at this Baltimore run defense with the return of, of a guy like Calais Campbell, uh, uh, what's the name of their uh, nose tackle, Williams, They've gotten they've got a really good run defense and they're getting healthy back off the covid list. There's a chance that this becomes a real, you know, uh, battle in the trenches, potentially no Wyatt Teller for it as well. So there's a chance that the Ravens really lock down that rushing game. I'm worried about that. But at this point, I think that the Browns deserve the benefit of the doubt. Bill Callahan and that approach. So. I like it. I, I like the Browns to cover. It's been the theme of the podcast, it seems, this week for me to be a little bit different from you, and, and I'll go the Baltimore Ravens here. This 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 is a huge statement, prove it, believe in this kind of game for Cleveland. We went into the year when we were doing our predictions, and I think there were, there were times where you and I went back and forth, and we said, man, I don't know if Cleveland's as good of like a— um, an 11 and five team as I keep having them come out with, but the schedule was just so easy. This is a statement kind of a game where it goes, Hey, it's not just the schedule. You know, we beat the Titan, the, the, the Tennessee Titans. And um, now we beat the Baltimore Ravens and we're controlling our own destiny when it comes to making the postseason. So this is huge for Cleveland, but I, I will go with the Ravens in this one. I think that they got back to dominating on the ground last week. Of course, Dallas has one of the worst defenses in the NFL, but I'll say that that run game still stays strong. They'll overcome the one point, uh, that it is now, and, and I'll take the Ravens to be a little bit different on this pod. There we go. That's all of the NFL games this weekend. A lot of disagreement from me and Ben, so make sure you check in on next Thursday's episode to see what the final tallies of uh, correct games and incorrect games was because we're closing in. There's not too many weeks left, and if Ben keeps his lead on me, I'm going to start having to get real weird with some of these picks. Yes, sir. I'm just going to have to start fading him every single chance I get, which is always entertaining when, when you force me to conjure up logic for teams that I know are not going to win. It's always a good time. Uh, Fan Fridays tomorrow. Make sure you're checking on Twitter, Instagram, the premium Slack. Get your questions in. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.